You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. You are welcome again to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. And tonight, we're going to be joined by a very special lady. I'm glad she's right here on time. I'm going to also be inviting her. Our guest is to be getting in soon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is really, really good to see you. Isha, today has been a day of reuniting with old friends. I met my university friends. The last time we saw was like in 2003. So <laughs> we've actually been going around town. And uh, I'm so glad. Uh, dear ladies and gentlemen, for those who do not know, uh, our guest today used to be my roommate many, 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 many years ago. Uh, thank you. I, I think I know who that is. Welcome. Welcome, Uncle. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, tonight, we're going to be looking at something that's a heartbeat of our guest. She will be talking to us about teenagers and what we're looking at is teen dating violence. The statistics are alarming. And where we are, most of us actually have lots of teenagers. We look at them. What do we do? What can we do? And then the last thing you want to see, I mean, I was reading something which day, oh, teenager killed by boyfriend. That's the last thing you want to happen. And sometimes the power of knowledge is what could set one free, really. If you're able to see the signs, you're able to stop some certain things, you to do something as a parent. Because the last thing any parent wants is to be told their child has just been killed. As in not a natural death, but their lives taken away by someone who claimed to love them. So before we start tonight, this is a big welcome to everyone who has joined us already. I can see Uncle has joined us and everyone who would be joining us and listening later. I appreciate the fact that a lot of people could be busy. It's a Thursday evening. But I want to say thank you for taking out your time to join us this evening. This is Kada Matters and we have with us Juliet Hopola. I hope I'm pronouncing the name <laughs> pronouncing the name well well i will leave her to introduce herself because i think that's the best job people can do for themselves so could you help us uh, by introducing yourself to our guests some people always want to know why do we have to listen to her why is she the one we're listening to so let's help the doubting thomases <laughs> <laughs> well um my name is juliet popola um i'm actually um uh you know i i actually have um, meetings with um, teenagers. I organize uh, programs for them. I am actually I'm also a clinical nurse manager in um, the HSC in Avista here in Ireland. I am one of the uh, directors of another program for women um, called Essence, Women of Essence. Also, you know, I yeah, I'm one of the uh, members of uh, Solid Rock Church, and and I'm also among the women leaders of that church. You know, um, you know, progressing with women in Christ is um, my major aim, and also with teenagers as well. I encourage women. I encourage teenagers. You know, to develop a close relationship with, you know, the father, and also, um, I, I you know, train them on skills 
and uh, give them knowledge on how to pursue their life here on earth to be successful, both physically and spiritually. Thank you so much. I would say a big welcome. Thank you to all those who've joined. I've got Ifi who has joined. I've also got, that's Ifi Wink. Okay. I've also got uh, someone else who joined just now. I don't know the person seems to have disappeared. Rachel Delani, thank you also. I've noticed Rachel. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much for letting us know what you do. Uh, Gilles, we're just going to start quickly. Can you just let us know what exactly is teen dating violence? Um, well, teen dating violence, you know, is the perpetration or threat of an act of violence by at least one member of an unmarried couple within the context of dating to control, dominate, to harm even the intimate partner. You can also say, you know, that, you know, um, the kind of abuses, you know, that occur within this um, group, you know, can be violent, it can be, you know, uh, physical, it can be emotional, um, it can also be electronic, okay, in the form of maybe harassment, maybe intimidation, you know, it, it, it does occur, you know, between, you know, teenagers who are dating. That's quite interesting because like you brought another angle to it, which I, I believe is something that will be more common also with our teenagers, as in there's this electronic aspect also of the violence and the abuse. How common is teen dating violence? It is very common. It is very common. Unfortunately, it is not, you know, as widely circulated as, you know, the married um, violence between married couples. You know, several studies have shown, you know, high prevalence, you know, and, uh, you know, research projects you know, shows that, you know, from about 9% to 57%, you know, of teenagers are engaged in this teen dating violence, you know. And also it is prevalent among teens that are considered to be at high risk. And these teens, you know, may be into, um, you know, behaviors of high risk, such as, you know, taking drugs, alcohol. You know, so it's very, very prevalent. Another study has actually showed that about 33% of boys and 68% of girls are involved in this teen dating violence. Well, so when we say 33% of boys, what we actually mean is one in three boys. And if we say 68% of girls, that's that's another high figure. I remember the first figures you quoted saying 50-something percent. That's one in two teenagers are actually involved in teen dating violence. Why are we concerned about teen dating violence? What, what's, what's the gross about it? Why is it a topic that we're concerned about? Well, it, it, it's a topic that we are concerned about for various reasons. Because of the high prevalence among the teenagers, you know, it, and it, you know, the effects as well that it has on teenagers are devastating, okay? Mm. Teen dating violence can result in, you know, suicide, it can result, you know, to mental health problems like depression, you know, like anxiety. It can actually impact on even, you know, the individual causing, resulting in unplanned pregnancies, you know. Um, and also there are, you know, several effects such as dysfunctional communication and problems of skills, you know, among the teenagers, affecting them, causing pain and suffering, you know, to the, to the young ones. I think that I think that's quite interesting because the the teenagers are actually a peculiar group of people 
they they are trying to get to know themselves they don't really know who they are trying to distinguish themselves away from dad and mom trying to discover who they are and then there's this um there's this what do you call it now there's this wanting to be accepted and so when it comes to dating i mean that's seen as a sign of acceptance and they always want to somehow be in a relationship no matter how bad the relationship is they they'll rather be in a relationship than to be seen as the dateless <laughs> girl or, 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 or guy and i wonder are there, are there some factors actually that promote teen dating violence i mean apart from the ones i'm thinking about now just mentioning there are several uh, factors some of them you know they have no experience of relationships so whatever you know they encounter they tend to accept it you know because of lack of experience and you know some of them have been ex exposed to violence in childhood okay so okay. families with violence are not able to learn how to regulate and control their emotions is another factor a huge factor in fact okay and then of course some children grow up with maladaptive schemas of mistrust grandiosity and even insufficient self-control and these you know result in childhood traumas we tend to affect them and you know and cause them to engage in you know, you know in the tdv that's you know um teenage dating violence okay some parents you know don't even monitor or supervise you know their children as they ought to and that you know cause the children to look for you know um uh, should i say support from their peers and of course if their peers are you know involved in violent relationships they to learn this and they to practice you know these violent relationships okay and also you know and like i said teenagers that involved in substance abuse alcohol use violence those are uh, you know um teenagers that tend to engage in um teenage dating violence as well there is also a belief you know by some uh, teenagers that have been exposed to this violence that it is acceptable to use violence you know and threats to get one's way to express maybe frustration to express anger you know they don't have that skill to be able to control themselves to be able to manage themselves to be able to problem solve you know and there are also some um characteristics as well that you know tend to um cause these uh, teenagers you know to engage in uh, teen dating violence such as you know their um, demographic characteristics you know some research have shown you know that african americans are really highly exposed to this you know teen dating violence and then caucasian you know on online with that you know so there are several factors that actually you know of course um that promote this teenage dating violence well i think that if that's the only thing they know sometimes the only thing you know might just seem right as in if in the family all you see you see dad hitting mom and you see mom and dad you know being insulted to each other and all of that you could just grow up with that um what you call it now you grow up with that pattern of communication you think that is what things are you don't know you, you grew up not knowing that your family is dysfunctional and then you go about and, and you see that that dysfunctionality actually works in the family and i think that's another reason why some of those children who are actually exposed to such violence in their homes when they get into relationships and that's what's happening they just think well this is the way it has always been in our home so there's nothing there for us to. So there's nothing different they don't know better and then a child not being taught how to problem solve how to communicate how not to 
as it were, use anger as a means of manipulation and control, will probably go down that tour when they come to a relationship where they begin to see people as things to be controlled rather than seeing people as equals because most times it's what's been mirrored before them. So perhaps like what you said, those are several factors that can actually influence one. But yes, we agree that these things do happen, but I want to believe that it's not every child who has grown up in an abusive home that ends up in an abusive relationship. And that's something, yeah? Those teenagers, you know, they 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 are privileged, you know, to you know to have relationships with other adults. Other adults, yes. Show them the way to go, you know, because you know, uh, you know, children, they are like plants, you know, where, where in their young age you can mold them, you can you know shape them when you provide the right environment for them, you know. So when they don't get this at home, some of them are fortunate, you know, to encounter other adults that will shape them and mold them in that direction you know and that tends to you know be beneficial to those you know uh, teenagers however unfortunately some of them you know because that is all they see at home and they don't associate with any other adults you know that would sh that is interested in showing them the way to go they tend to develop the same behaviors because that is all they see that is all they experience they see that that is a communication you know method in their homes if the father wants something the father gets it through violence, you know. So, of course, they learn that and they use that as their skill. I like what you said about um, getting an adult, if they have an adult that would actually help them, because this was something we discussed, I think, two or three weeks ago when Dr. Um, Akintola, yes, when Dr. Mumi Akintola was with us, oh, she's a my consultant, and she, we're talking about adverse children events. And she said some of the things that could help a child who goes through adverse children, childhood events is the presence of another adult who is able to positively influence them. So I'm a parent now and I'm wondering, how can I prepare my teenager for dating? Do I know different parents have different things? Some parents are like, there's no dating as long as you're a teenager, but they are going to get there one day. And they say the person who gives the first information is the, is the person who actually gets listened to. So how should a parent intentionally prepare their their teenager for dating i think parents should be you know they should have a bond or develop a bond with their children you know no matter how young they are because when you develop a bond with your child your child will you know will feel free you know to communicate whatever experiences uh, you know they might be experiencing and of course you will be able to teach that child you know what you know and what to do and what not to do regarding relationships you know, and also as parents, you know, the Bible, uh, you know, informs parents to train their child in the way they should go. You know, that's in Proverbs 22, verse 6. But when they say train your child in the way to go, it's not just biblical, you know, it's actually living life. Who are your friends? What do you look for in friendships? You know, what are, you know, what are, what friendship are, you know, good for you and what friendship are, you know, you what friendship you should avoid? You know, also, parents should enable, other, uh, you know, their children to recognize abusive behaviors, teach them what, you know, uh, what abusive behaviors look like, you know, so that when they experience it, they can actually recognize it, you know, chat to them, you know, share your personal stories or even stories that, you know, you've heard from other people share so that they would have examples, you know, and they will be easily 
able to recognize such abusive behavior when they come in contact, you know, with such. Okay. And also together with that, you know, with your team, you can discuss and decide, okay, in my absence, who can you go to, you know, introduce them to other people that, you know, they can go to in your absence or even when they don't, you know, when they are not in the mood to talk to you, who can they actually talk to? So discuss that with that, with them. So that they have somebody, you know, that they can go to when you are not present, you know. And also, I think parents should be very, very observant as well of changes in behavior. Because when, you know, teenage dating violence, you know, begins, there, you know, there are signs, there are symptoms, you know, that are exhibited either as, you know, a victim or even as, you know, the perpetrator of that, you know, abuse. So there are signs, there are symptoms. So we should monitor our children, we should observe them when we see things that are unusual because their behaviors will change during that period. When we see things that are unusual, we could draw them close, try to find out what the matter is and you know, address the issues at the grassroots, you know, at the beginning. You know, there's a saying that says a stitch in time, yeah, a stitch in time saves nine. So when you address it at the beginning, you are able to, you know, the child is able to pull out from that relationship, you know, mm -hmm. and also if it happens, you know, that, you know, your child is, you know, a, a victim of this um, teenage dating violence, you can seek help as well. You know, you can seek help, particularly if, you know, the, vic the perpetrator attends the same school as your child, you can seek help from the school. The school has counselors, the school has administrators, that would ensure, you know, that, you know, that abuse is not uh, going on even at school, you know, and because, you know, the child may be, you know, because the, the, the perpetrator attends the same school, the child may not even want to stop that, to stop the relationship, you know, so, so that all these helps, you know, families or parents to be able to prepare their teenage for dating. For example, you know, in my own situation, from a very early childhood, I was, you know, teaching and encouraging my child, you know, telling her information that she didn't need at that point in time. But growing up, you know, getting to 10, 11, 12, you know, she began to see the values of the teachings that have gone on. You know, I, I, I also remember when I was in, when I was in secondary school, I attended a girls, uh, federal government girls college, one of the federal government girls colleges in Nigeria. And our principal told us, you know, that if a boy touches you for five minutes, you'll be pregnant. You know, because, you know, I didn't have a mother with me growing up. So, and, and a lot of parents don't even feel, they, I, I think they're not, they don't feel uh, free to actually discuss things about relationship with, with um, their teens. So in school then, all of us just grabbed that information. And there was a time when um, one of the federal government boys college visited, you know, my school. And as soon as we saw them, we were running away from them <laughs> because that is all we knew. You know, it was later we realized, no, it actually takes more than five minutes touch to get pregnant. So it's, it's actually good, you know, because the, the, my principal sold it into our lives. We were able to use that. We were able to run, even though it was false information, not true. We were able to run with that. So it's, it's similar, you know, with parents. We have to teach our children, you know, teach them, give them the information that they need. Don't withhold any information from them. And of course, when you teach them when they are young, they will take it and they will run with it. But please don't forget, you know, with everything we do, 
prayer is a huge aspect, you know, of, of a Christian home, a Christian life. I believe strongly in prayer. So as I teach, I pray. I keep them in prayer all the time, you know, for God to direct them and lead them to, you know, teenagers, friends that would benefit them. You know, so that is that 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 are different ways, you know, that parents can actually prepare their children for dating. Thank you very much. That's a wealth of knowledge. And you took one of my questions away from me. You said that there are signs that a parent can can see that let them know that something is going on in either way, if the child is the perpetrator or the child is the victim. Could you help us with some of those signs that we should be watching out for just so that we know that hmm, something is going on here? Well, you know, when we talk about violence, we are talking about physical um, uh, violence. So physical abuse, you know, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, like I said, you know, even electric abuse. So these, each of these types of abuse, which happens within the teenage dating violence, you know, they have signs. For example, with the physical, you know, physical involves hitting, slapping, you know, shoving, you know, causing physical harm on that person. So you can see either physical bruises, you can see scrapes, you can see abrasions. That will tell you that something is not, you know, right, particularly when it is more than usual. Of course, a child can fall and hurt themselves. But if the child keeps falling and keeps telling you, oh, I fell, I fell, you know, there's something wrong there. You know, you know with the, the emotional abuse, you can see signs of, um, you know, violent mood swing. You know, there's change in the mood of that of that um, teenager, the teenager becomes withdrawn. The teenager stops associating with their with close friends, you know, and they only you know associate with that person because of fear of that person. Because you know, in in such relationship, the person is intimidating. You know, the person is very intimidating. Would want to harass them in the presence of other people. So they would rather be with that person than other people. So they will be with, they will withdraw from other friends you know, and they will be displaying submissive behavior to that individual as well, you know, and some of them will start using, you know, drugs, alcohol, and, you know, they, they, you know, they will display fear of that person and maybe dependence on that person as well, you know, so there's loads of factors actually, but once you start noticing anything that is unusual, you know, that is different from the usual. It may not even be teenage dating violence. Investigate it because even though it may not, it, there is a possibility that it could be because it's so prevalent, although it, it is not, you know, as, um, it is not as- talked about. As, as the adult domestic violence, it's not as widely known, but it's actually happening. You know, so these signs will tell you, will give you an idea which you can investigate and then you can, you know, follow it up from there. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very sure that um, our viewers are getting a lot of insights. There's something I wanted to actually ask. What if, you know, you find out that a child under your care or a teen under your care, your child is in an abusive relationship. I know you've talked about um, that there's help in organizations. Is there something someone can do by themselves, first of all? And just before you answer, I just want to acknowledge all those who have joined. I want to say a big welcome to Rachel, to Akim Nola. I think, I hope I'm pronouncing the name well. 
Uh, oh, Elsie Yobo, thank you for joining. That's my secondary school friend. Great to see you. Patricia Akano, thank you for joining. And there is Viv Mick. I'm, I'm not sure if I pronounce that name well, but thank you for joining. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you for joining us tonight. And Juliet, you can please fire on, please. Okay. Um, so what should you do if your child, you know, undergoes, you know, such an abusive relationship? Uh, unfortunately, most teenagers will not, you know, voice it out, like I said, you know, but once you suspect it, call them, you know, aside, talk to them, you know, equip them with that knowledge so that they can recognize what is happening because they might even think it's a normal behavior. You know, they might think it's normal, particularly if, you know, within their pair, you know, such behaviors have been occurring. So, you know, as a parent, tell them, give them, you know, signs, symptoms, so that they will be able to recognize it. You know, unfortunately, some parents, you know, have poor communication with their team, particularly those of us from African background. You know, when adults are talking, you're supposed to be quiet. You don't speak unless you are spoken to. That is a big problem. You know, it's a big problem. You can't just go to your parents and say, this is what is happening. So we need to do away with that culture. We need to develop a new culture of communicating, you know, with our, with our children, being, you know, maintaining an open environment, open communication, drawing them closer to you to get what is happening. Also, even if they refuse to, you know, acknowledge that the relationship they are into is abusive, you can maintain a record or a journal of your observations or your concerns because you can use that, you know, as evidence, you know, either, you know, down the line, either for your team to actually see that, you know, what is actually happening is not normal. Or you can also use it to support a restraining order because sometimes it is necessary. You know, if you see that it is getting to, you know, it, it, the effect on your child is, is above normal and is beginning to impact on them then you can all, all use a restraining order and dot, such documentation will support that. Or you can get, you know, your, the, the, the school to be involved. Like I said before, you talk to the administrators, talk to the counselors, they can counsel your child, you know, to enable them to recognize what is happening, to enable them to see why they should stop that relationship and to protect them as well. Okay, and, and you know, like I said, prayer is key. What should you do? Keep that child as well in prayer. I believe so strongly in the power of prayer. It has worked in my life. It has worked in the life of my children. And I behave, believe so strongly. Pray for healing. Pray for deliverance. You know, pray that they may be able to recognize what is happening and be able to accept it and be able to accept the change, you know, that is, that is needed for them to come out of that relationship. You know, even if the abuser tend to be, you know, because it's not all the time that the victim is our child. If the victim, if the perpetrator is your teen, that is a, it's a different approach because that teen would need counseling. You, you might even, you know, go for family therapy where, you know, a counselor, a therapist will sit with you and the child with your family to discuss a way forward because sometimes it didn't just begin with the teen. It may have started with yourself and your husband. So, you know, the family needs, you know, family therapy to help, you know, to address that. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, some children will just have, you know, um, 
maladaptive behaviors from early childhood, such behaviors, they would, re they would require the modification of such behaviors. And that is where therapy comes into play as well to help them, you know, understand what is good behavior, what is bad behavior, how you go away from it, things like that. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that's another wealth of knowledge that we have received. I want to say a big thank you to Juliet, Judith Olufunke Akinjobi for joining. Thank you, Leslie Charles. That used to be my former boss. Thank you also. I think I saw writers' responses for joining. I like what you said, Juliet, because sometimes when we're thinking about this teen dating violence, we're always thinking, is the other person's child? Is the other person's child? Is the other person's child? We don't usually like to admit that our children could actually be perpetrators. And this was something that was discussed last week when Dr. Obadeyi was with us. She talked to us about counseling, children and counseling. You know, she, she made us understand that, listen, it sometimes is beyond the work of prayer. And I know you've been emphasizing prayer, prayer, prayer. Uh, let, let's bring it down to the church. Is there something the church can do to prevent teen dating violence? The church, you know, just like the parents have their own roles and responsibility, the church is the body of Christ. You know, they have their own roles and responsibilities as well. You know, they are, you know, a body that teach the word. You know, unfortunately, some churches teach diluted word of God. So I would say the first the first point is for the church to teach the undiluted word of God, particularly on relationships. You know, when it comes, uh, you know, it is very difficult to see a pastor, you know, preaching on the book of Solomon. During wedding. hear me yeah we're not able to hear you just now that's what i was signifying we can't hear you i, I think a call was trying to come in maybe that oh was okay okay so you're, the last thing we heard was that you said that the church needs to preach the undiluted word and you're talking about pastors not wanting to preach from the book of solomon and i was like oh sometimes they do doing weddings so if you continue yeah, from there please solomon, thank you and i think it's only during weddings you know but songs of solomon talks about you know relationship love and all you know, they, you know, they should teach the diluted word of God. And not only that, they should promote a welcoming and open environment that is free of judgment, you know, that is free of blame. Because sometimes when a teen, you know, involves in such, you know, uh, um, abusive relationship, they are think, particularly if they are the perpetrators, they are finger pointing, you know, blaming and judgment. You know, we should embrace, we should learn to embrace one another, particularly the children. Because the Bible says, don't, you know, we should welcome the children into the house of God, into the presence of God. It doesn't matter what behaviors they're displaying. It is there they should find succor. It is there they should find hope. It is there they should find, you know, an environment that is welcoming, that we embrace them and show them the way to go. Also, the church can have programs for teens. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I am a member of Solid Rock Church, you know, and there they have, you know, the youth group, they have t programs for teens, they have Bible studies for children. You know, yes, parents are supposed to be teaching their children at home, but the church also has that role to play, to teach on relationships, to teach on, you know, uh, uh, appropriate behaviors as well. 
you know, because there are behaviors that is expected of us. God says we should love. So if we are teaching on love, there is no way you can love that you would abuse somebody or you, that you'll be violent against that person. You know, there are also several other things, you know, that the church can do, like providing opportunities for, you know, teenagers to engage in activities right there or to take up roles within the church. Welcome them into the band, a group. Welcome them into the instrumental team. Welcome them into, because, you know, an idle man is the devil's workshop. You know, when the children don't have things they do, not just, not just at home, but even at church, you know, they become the devil's workshop, you know, so they can, the devil can e easily lure them to engage in such things. But once they are involved and engaged in the church, they begin to associate with like-minded people, like-minded children. They, 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 they are able to recognize, you know, the difference between the relationship they have in church and the relationship they have outside. And they'll begin to see that there are more benefits you know, right there with the new set of people that they engage with, you know, that they worship with or that they serve even in the church with, you know, and, and with that, you know, when you, when the parents steps in now and tells them, okay, this person, that's their behavior. You need to keep away from that person. They are easily able to understand it because they've seen examples, you know, of good behavior, of good character. Also, Sorry. Yeah. And also, lastly, like I, you know, I always talk about prayer. I always talk about prayer. So the church should pray for the teens. You know, they should keep them in prayer. You know, keep them in prayer because prayer works wonders in the lives of people. You may not, you know, yes, some prayers are answered instantly. Or sometimes it takes a while, but they should not stop to pray for an individual, particularly when that person is, you know, has been known to engage in team dating violence. They should pray for them, support them spiritually until they see a breakthrough. I think, I think it is important also for our teenagers to actually hear us in the church pray about them. I, I remember one time when we were growing up one day, I think one of the past guest ministers who came suddenly just said, oh, let all the instrumentalists come out. And he prayed for the instrumentalists. I still remember because then my younger brother and his friends were instrumentalists in the church. And they kept on talking about that thing. They remember that, you know, the man remembered them, brought them out, prayed for them. That, that goes a long way. It tells, it, it sends across a message also. It says that we believe in them. It says that we hope in them. And Juliet has talked about the church having an open door policy. The church, when we gather teenagers, not just going on with what we think, because sometimes I, I've been in some teenage meetings and I'm thinking even myself as an adult, I'm bored here. Talk less of, talk less of the teenagers. I wonder how they're going through this, just listening. But I believe that when we say things that interest them, when we talk about things that engage them, when we talk about things that are real to them, then it's easy for us to engage them. And just before we go, I want to say also another big thank you to all those who have joined Titi Toi and Co. Thank you for joining us. Juliet, I know that you do, you have another, you have another, you, you wear many hats, you have an organization that does some things for teens. Could you let us know about it and let us know how you are helping the youth? Well, um, I run an, um, a program for the teens. It's called Energize Youth. Um, Energize Youth focuses, you know, on, you know, discussing, you know, real life challenges, real life problems, you know, discussing solutions, sharing testimonies, you know, it, 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 the, the focus is to equip 
you know, the teenagers with knowledge and also skill, you know, to be able to tackle obstacles in this world because you know to live a life in this world you're going to be faced with obstacles you know so we've we've talked about relationships actually in even you know relationship with parents with peers you know we've talked about you know employment you know how to manage employment even as a teenager you know we've talked about men actually the the next topic we'll be looking into is mental health you know which is an area that you know people tend to shy away from, but the teens go through this. For example, this teenage dating violence, you know, you know, has the effect of influencing people, young teenagers to commit suicide. And there's high suicide rate in our society today. And most of us don't even know the reason why such teenagers are engaging in, 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 in you know, suicide. And it's, it is definitely, you know, part of the learning that you know they should be able to have solutions on how what to do if they feel suicidal what do you do you know things like that so just to equip them with the knowledge with the skill not just to live spiritually of course we deal with spiritual matters as well so this this energized youth actually holds you know monthly on every first sunday of the month and it holds via zoom so we don't have an excuse we can all join we don't have to come to ireland we can join <laughs> online that is the that's the, the the good thing about it and that is why you know i was directed by the holy spirit to ensure that is a platform that anybody can join from any part of the world you know join and feast at the table of god and learn those skills get the the knowledge learn from one another you know it, it's 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 so welcoming you know it encourages you know, the teens to be able to bring their problems forward, you know, and to be able to get solutions, to get, you know, uh, um, you know, knowledge on how to manage different aspects of life. So is it just the teens that can attend or the teens, their parents can attend, youth workers can attend? Anybody can attend, you know, we call it energized youth. So energized youth, you can be 60 and still be a youth, you know. Oh, there yeah. There is no limit to being a youth, you know? So oh, yeah. even as a parent, you know, you learn these things as well. You know, I share life, you know, my own experiences as well. You know, you can learn that no knowledge is lost. No. You know, no knowledge is lost. All knowledge is gained. So I have some parents who, att who attend as well. So it's not just the teenagers that attend. Parents also attend as well. And they go, they go home, you know, with, with, because I've received some positive feedbacks from them. You know, they go home with wisdom as well and with skill to be able to support, you know, their teens to manage the issues of life. Better. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight. It has been a very interesting and enlightening evening. I love the angle with which we've looked at this understanding teen dating violence. I want to say that we'll also try to put on our page the next Energized Youth Program, and then you can check from our, we'll also try and do it on our Facebook page, because I know one of the things with Instagram is when you put something there, you can't put a clickable link, but if it's on the Facebook page, it's going to be a link that you can actually click right from there and get into the program. I want to say a big thank you to Juliet. I know it was, she's a very busy person. It was good that we eventually found a date that we could use. And I'm sure that a lot of parents listening to us, a lot of uncles, aunties, uncles, uncle to be godfather, 
Godmother, I have learned a lot today that they can use to help the people around. And that's what life is all about. For those who are just joining us, this is Kada Matters. Kada is, Kada Matters is an awareness-raising program for Kada. Kada is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. And we are here every Thursday evening talking about domestic abuse-related matters and building on how people could have healthy relationships. Apart from this platform, you could watch us on any major podcast. If you go to Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google, or even Spotify or Anchor, all you just need to type is Kada Matters and it will come up and then you could listen to past episodes. And of, of course, if you think there's something that we could discuss that will benefit people, you are happy to come along, please just give us a message. We'll be happy to work within your timetable because we are passionate about healthy relationships. We believe here that God hates abuse. There's no excuse for abuse. And as a church, we say no to domestic abuse. We want to say a big thank you again to Gillette and thank you, Uncle. We saw you right from the beginning. You are fully supporting <laughs> and every other person who has joined. Have a lovely evening and enjoy the weekend. It's quite hot. There's been warning about hot weather. So if you're on this side of the world, please Go along with bottles of water so that you remain hydrated. Have a lovely evening. Thank you for tonight. Take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed and learnt from today's session. Bye. Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse. <laughs>